Okay, uh, welcome to this week's Perthshire Hour. Um, I want to start off this week's episode of the Perthshire Hour podcast with a quick apology. Uh, as you'll probably see when you decide to listen to this, um, this has been pre-recorded. So this is not in the same kind of vein as, as most weeks that we would normally do for the podcast. Um, basically, normally it runs in correspondence with what's going on uh, on Perthshire Hour on Twitter between 8 and 9 o'clock on a Wednesday evening. Uh, I'm not going to be available uh, on Wednesday, so I'll be recording this, um, I am recording this uh, in advance, and I'll be popping that up uh, at some point during the course of Wednesday. So you probably have seen this pop up on your uh, your subscriptions on different podcast providers. Um, hopefully Perthshire itself on Twitter still goes ahead as usual. Um, but apologies in advance because normally I try and get any notifications and things that are popping up on uh, on Twitter. Uh, I try and get them onto the podcast as well and I'm not going to be able to do that this week. Um, however, uh, the programme should be otherwise fairly similar to, to the normal layout as we've kind of started to establish it. Um, so I have uh, my usual kind of selection of uh, focuses. So I'm just going to pop this in here. Um now, uh, in the past three weeks, I think we've done focuses on, um, I suppose the simplest way to describe them all would, would be sort of Perthshire retailers. Um, and while it's great to kind of focus on what's available in terms of these kind of independent shops that are on our doorstep for all of us that live in Perthshire, uh, I wanted to kind of focus this week on um, some of the uh, individuals that kind of make Perthshire uh, dynamic have a bit more kind of individuality etc um, so it gives it a bit of the Perthshire personality so I've got three uh, local creatives uh, who I'm going to focus on this week um, now it's not entirely picked at random but certainly I've tried to kind of spread the net a little wider so that we're not constantly concentrating on purely the Creef area um, so we, we're we not all Creef this week um, uh, hopefully you know if you are a creative yourself and you would like to feature in the program whether you're creative uh, if you run a business an organization uh, I have had somebody contact me recently uh, and I will contact you at some point through this coming week uh, who wants to talk about they've got a kind of um, it's not creative it's not a, not a business as such it's kind of unusual enterprise that uh, I'd like to kind of talk more about and find out more about uh, so that may be the, the focus for next week provided I can kind of find a, t find a time that's suitable for them to uh, sort of give me some answers to questions so that I can kind of get a wee story together. Um, so in the meantime, this is one I've kind of researched myself, uh, though I have uh, in various ways, as you'll see, uh, of some awareness of, of or uh, some prior knowledge of these individuals. So um, first up is uh, the Grey Earl. Uh, the Grey Earl is better known as John Bishop. Uh, who studied illustration at the University of Dundee and then he worked as a community artist in Glasgow before he appointed himself the name The Grey Earl. Uh, and personally, that I, I, I can see from his website as well, uh, Grey's definitely not a reference to the kind of fun, light-hearted, sometimes kind of touching artworks that he does. Uh, and it definitely sounds like The Grey Earl whole idea uh, comes more from his uh, self-confessed love of tea. And I have to sympathise. I'm... Um, sipping on a cup of tea as we speak. I think it helps uh, save you from drying out when you're doing a podcast. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm partial to a good cup of tea myself. 
Um, so Grey Arrow uh, has a website, um, so you can pop along there, you'll get an idea of what I mean. Uh, he uses characters from popular culture uh, in a lot of kind of unusual and surprising ways. He also has kind of um, a more sort of illustration-based things with kind of um, kind of new crafted characters, and he also has kind of cards with uh, things as unusual as vegetables and things like that on as well. Um, so on the site, whether it's a card for a dad uh, that features Darth Vader or a Valentine's card that's got a face hugger from the Alien films, um, quite like that one. Uh, it's basically just a giant picture of a face hugger. Uh, if you know the Alien films, you'll know what I mean. Um, and it's uh, it says, I love you this much, uh, which I thought was really intense and brilliant. Um, so that's a good Valentine's card for somebody that's a, a fan of kind of uh, classic um, sci-fi horror style stuff like Alien. Um, so, as I say, he's kind of locked into this kind of popular culture uh, idea, um, and uh, his greeting cards are actually so creative that they won Most Creative Greeting Card Design Expert in the Scottish Enterprise Awards in 2021, um, which is yeah, pretty cool. Um, it also encompasses illustration design work, as I said. Uh, he's worked for Edinburgh Fringe, for Glasgow Museums, for the Scottish Book Trust, um, for uh, Visible Fictions. Um, he's very active, uh, I think it's the simplest way to put it. Uh, you can find out more about him and you can also pop along uh, on his website itself. You can buy cards and other uh, kind of bits and pieces uh, with his illustrations on them. Uh, makes really unique kind of uh, greeting cards kind of options. It's nothing like what you're going to see on a, on a shelf in a card shop. Um, so as I say, it's one of these where you could stock up for a few birthdays through the year um, so you could just scroll through and see what you can um, and you'll be supporting a local Perthshire author if you did so um, so you'll find him on uh, The Grey Arrow so it's The Grey E-A-R-L TheGreyArrow.com Simple as that um, and pop along, you'll, you'll see his product but you'll also see examples of his illustrations and other work um, uh, next up on my list of creatives is June McEwen. Uh, June is based in Creef. Uh, I've known June for a while. Uh, I think people in Creef would count her as a well-kent face around here. And uh, she participates in a massive amount of community projects. Um, she's called on to help out in many, many ways throughout the years. Um, and uh, really supportive of the town. And hopefully she feels the town supports her back. Um, it's always... It's always a tough one when somebody's put that much time into helping out uh, to make them feel appreciated as well. Uh, but June definitely is very much appreciated, I think, um, throughout the town. Um, and somehow, while she's doing all that kind of thing, she still finds the time to actually be an actual working artist. And she's got an incredible array of different types of artworks that she works on. Um, so I, I popped along to our website to kind of get an idea um, because, you know, I know June, uh, but I kind of wanted an idea what she's up to at the moment. Um, so her company, The Works, produces, uh, as stated on her website, traditional historic murals. She does face painting, she'll get graphic design, and she also does these kind of big uh, pieces in Willow, uh, the Willow Works things that she does. I think she does that with a coordinated team as well, so it's quite impressive. There's this massive pile of um, willow animals that they make. Uh, I've seen other designs as well that they've made out of willow, uh, but I think the animals are primarily the thing you'll see on her website. There's a, a link that you can click to pop along and see her Etsy shop as well. And over on Etsy, um, you'll see a, a selection of um, 
various different sizes and shapes and styles of animals. Um, she's got uh, uh, dogs and larger animals. The, the larger animals include dolphins, giraffes, and some very friendly-looking Highland cows. Um, so it's uh, you can find links to the Etsy shop as well as contact details if you'd like to discuss a commission or uh, any other kind of uh, arts project with June. Uh, you'll find her uh, website at June McEwen. I'm going to spell the McEwen because I've seen other spellings of McEwen, so just to save confusion. So it's J U N E uh, for June and then M C E W A N dot biz, and that's June's website. So it's J U N E M C E W A N dot biz. Uh, probably best if you click on the links in there. Um, art is just such a visual thing. Um, so she's got links to various places you can find uh, images of her artworks and also as I say there's a link to the Etsy shop and you'll see her uh, willow work uh, work as well. Uh, next up is a different type of creative um, that uh, I think is worth featuring. Um, I think when you talk about creatives in an area quite often minds go towards the artists um, and maybe musicians and sometimes the authors get pulled in as well. This is a slightly different type of um, creativity uh, and it's one that uh, probably gets banded together most of the time with like actors or with uh, writers but it's its own thing. Um, so uh, the, the final person I'm going to talk about tonight is Claire Hewitt um, and she is a storyteller um, from Perthshire. Uh, Claire grew up in Cheshire, she studied fine arts in Yorkshire, she lived with a nomadic tribe in Kenya and she now calls Highland Perthshire her home. Uh, I've nabbed a bit of copy from Claire's listing uh, that she's got uh, on the Traditional Arts Culture Scotland website. Uh, it tells an awful lot of stuff about what she's been doing with her storytelling experiences. Um, I hope they don't mind me nabbing the copy, it is literally just a list but it just highlights just the extensive range of types of storytelling and venues that she's accustomed to. Uh, so she's worked on a series of storytelling projects for Historic Scotland at Stanley Mills, uh, the National Library of Scotland, Artlink Central, Stirling Royal Infirmary, Acute Children's and Day Ward. Uh, she worked at the Bridges Project, the Enchanted Forest, Forest Education Network, the Scottish Storytelling Centre, Aviemore Reindeer Centre, and one-off storytelling events and residences around Scotland, the Arctic Circle, and Bulgaria. Uh, and Claire is happy to tell anywhere. And I think that's the general kind of consensus term for storytellers. Um, I've been lucky enough to hear Claire's tales a few times whilst I've tagged along with my kids to different um, events and things where Claire, I, we didn't know she was going to be there, but you pop along, you start to recognise the, the storytellers at some of these events. And um, her particular performances always drew people in really well, uh, young and old alike. And I've got personally, I've actually included kind of this type of imagery of a storyteller in one of my books. The book's not out in the world yet. Um, but it feels like you're gathered around a campfire and then you're enjoying some of the sort of sorts of tales that you would have had before humans even had the written word. Um, because these are stories that would be passed on verbally. Yeah, you would hear them told by the storyteller. And then as each generation developed their new storytellers, the story might get wee tweaks and wee amendments, but the core of the story would stay the same. And it's a very organic way to approach storytelling. It's so different to the way that it would be done when it's written down in a book ownership of the story is a very different experience and uh, being in a room where um, a group of children and adults are listening to a story being told it's something oddly 
it's like you already know the rules to it. It's like going somewhere and dancing. Like you know, you kind of get what you're supposed to be doing. You get a rough idea, and uh, listening to a story is kind of like that as well. It's not like a story in a book. It feels like you're kind of part of it. Um, it's a really unique experience. So definitely, if you ever get a chance to get along to a storytelling experience, thoroughly recommend it, especially if you've got children. But even if you don't, it's it's quite unique, and uh, I, I think you would enjoy it. You know, I can't imagine anyone that wouldn't. Um, so storytelling like this isn't read from a storybook um, that's the kind of key thing that really sets it apart it's more kind of performative and it's a really captivating and entertaining um, experience it's a completely different level different uh, type of storytelling experience than you get when you know an author might read excerpts from their book um, I can't slight that too much you know I do that kind of thing myself when I'm doing school talks I'm just reading from a book um, I'd love to have a try at storytelling. Um, it looks such an enjoyable experience. The ad libby kind of component of it, where you can kind of amend it and play with some of the ideas that are going on as you watch the audience's reactions. And you can kind of go, all right, this we can go lean into the humor here. We can make this a wee bit more thrilling. You can see like how they're responding. Um, really unusual type of performance. It's uh, it's not like a play. You know you're being spoken to. There's not a fourth wall to break. They're telling you the story. Um, so as I say, I, I heartily recommend getting along uh, to a telling by Claire, uh, but if you can get along to any storytelling experience, uh, there's plenty of them in the Perthshire area. Um, the uh, traditional Arts Culture Scotland website actually has listings and descriptions of what's going on, so um, when I get the time, because as I say, this is a pre-recorded version of the podcast, uh, so there won't be that usual chain of uh, links to things I've discussed in the podcast that would appear on Twitter on the night of the Perthshire Hour. Um, but I'll try and make sure these links go up at some point. Um, but uh, the Traditional Arts Culture Scotland website is at tracscotland.org. Oh, no, um, so it's tracscotland.org. Um, and you'll find uh, information about storytellers. Sound issue in the background there. So that's my three creatives this week. Um, and ordinarily at this stage, I would do a kind of social media tips and tricks. Um, I had two kind of ideas. I've not scripted anything here. Um, so one of them was really just a, a call to action. If you're listening into this podcast, first and foremost, please, please, please try and share it. Um, it really benefits from the more people are participating in it, the more people are listening to the podcast. Hopefully that means there'll be more people sharing things about what they're up to in the Perthshire area. But also there'll be more people receptive to listening in and finding out what's going on in their local area. Um, so that's my kind of first thing is like try and share the podcast. Um, but in terms of social media um, stuff, uh, I again going back to the way I've described things in the, in, in previous weeks. Uh, I've worked in social media uh, management for a number of years now, and uh, I've never seen the the engagement behave the way it's been behaving since COVID. Uh, so since the lockdowns, I think I don't know whether people are tired of being on social media or if they're consuming their social media differently. Uh, but the end result is basically the same. Uh, it equates to, despite the fact you might have a thousand, two thousand, three thousand uh, likers or followers on your particular page or uh, account on any social media platform, 
the engagement seems to have dropped, I would say, to about, if, if, we're, if you're lucky, a third, uh, in some cases a tenth of what it was before. The only instances where I see the numbers being any better are where people are putting um, time and effort into a marketing program where they're paying to have certain posts visible. Not every single post they put on, but certainly when they feel like something needs a bit of a boost. Something like Facebook, you can pay in £5, £10 and boost that post. It works for things where like, you've got a big event that maybe is going to draw a large number of people. Uh, it doesn't work so well if you've got a £10 product. If you're advertising that with £10 of um, budget spend on your advert, uh, that that advertising budget is not going to give you a return on investment if we're really, really honest about it. Unless you have a phenomenal success rate. I mean, usually at £10, they're guaranteeing a number of hundred people are going to see it. Um, and in terms of ratios of purchase, you, it's unlikely you're going to see a massive kind of upsurge in the sales of that particular £10 product. Uh, if it's a much larger priced product, it might be worth putting that bit of advertising budget in there. Um, but uh, as I've said in previous weeks, I think some ways of working around that are to lean on a slightly less social media, less media centric kind of social media platforms. Uh, so things like, you know, if you do use WhatsApp, uh, if you have a mailing list, like an email list, um, or even if you can get coordinated up with an app of some sort uh, that allows kind of um, notifications to pop up um, to your client or customers. Uh, there's a few different places you can find online. Uh, don't have to be hugely tech savvy, uh, but you can just set it up as like a notification app. Um, and then ask your customers or clients to download the app and then they would get a separate notification every time you wanted to tell a customer about something and it's completely outside the hands of Facebook or Twitter or whoever you're not paying any budget to them you might have to pay for the app development you might have to pay for a few different things um, but if you list it as a free app your customers and clients don't pay anything and for each post that you pop up you're not going to be paying anything either uh, I can't claim any expertise in app development set myself, but I certainly know that the systems for making an app are getting simpler and simpler every year. So it's definitely worth a wee look around. If you've got some degree of technical knowledge, uh, uh, that might be worth a wee look. Uh, but second to that, fall back on things like your... Um, I used to use a number of different platforms for things, um, but the, the main one I used was MailChimp when it came to uh, email lists. Uh, they almost have a kind of... Um, it's a very high-end design version, so you're not just writing text, you can add images, you can add all sorts of things to your email, uh, and you pop in your mailing list, you can see who's read it, um, you can see who's not read it, you can see if somebody wants to be removed from the mailing list. It's a very sort of active mailing list um, engagement tool, and uh, you can schedule emails, you can set up responder emails you know somebody say, fills in a form on your website a particular type of email could be triggered by that form uh, to pop up and uh, MailChimp's got a whole selection of uh, guidance videos and, and uh, uh, bits on their website that will talk you through how to set that up um, so in terms of social media tips and tricks um, to summarize uh, I would try a platform like MailChimp to help coordinate your emails it saves you having to try and do it yourself. It saves you having, you know, sometimes you'll get knockbacks if you send too many emails at once. MailChimp doesn't have that. It's a system that's recognized by most email providers. Um, so if you get an email in from MailChimp, your, your, like if your Hotmail, if your Gmail, Hotmail and Gmail are not going to send a message back to MailChimp saying, we think this is spam, we're not going to receive this mail. 
Whereas it might happen if you send it to just a, a, a big grab bag of uh, email addresses just using your normal email client. So you can use that as a kind of buffer. Um, but also there's tons of fantastic stats um, information that you can get from your email to tell you about the readability, about, um, you know, if, if everybody got the email um, but didn't open it, maybe the subject line of your email needs to be tweaked. You need to make it a bit more appealing. Uh, if people are opening it but they're only reading it for about a minute and you know for a fact that there's three or four minutes worth of text in there, maybe you need to shorten your emails or find ways of making your first few paragraphs more punchy. Um, so in terms of your copywriting skills, uh, MailChimp can just give you those little hints and tips that will get you working harder at your copy. So you don't just go, oh, set it, forget it, send the email, that's great, it's gone out to everyone. You kind of know that whether the emails have been successful and whether they've been uh, received well. Um, so, and MailChimp can give you those kind of bits of feedback. I'm not affiliated with any of the things I'm talking about, by the way. It's just things I've used myself in the past. Uh, as a platform, I found MailChimp really easy to use. Um, in a similar vein, uh, things like Hootsuite can be really good, but I find Hootsuite's pricing structure has gone quite high. So unless you're actually a social media, media manager and you're running several different companies' accounts, it's not worth paying the yearly fee. Um, last I checked, and it was a while back, it was about £300-£350 a year. Um, that can be quite a lot, um, especially if you're putting in advertising budget as well um, for a scheduling programme. Um, and uh, chances are, post-pandemic, everything's going up in price, so I'd imagine it'd probably be higher than that now. Uh, but certainly, you know, if you are running multiple accounts, if you've maybe got a couple of uh, organisations and groups that you run as well as your own business page, it might be worth looking at that. It takes a bit of the headache out, so you can use something like Hootsuite. Um, and uh, as I say, going a bit smaller scale on it as well, you can use things like WhatsApp. If you've got a, a reasonable group of um, customers or clients that you contact regularly about what's going on, uh, if you get them all in a WhatsApp group, it means you just need to send that message one time and uh, everybody can talk among themselves as well. So it gives that, that community feel. It feels a bit more authentic than just that one text message appearing in your inbox. Um, I found out the other day setting up the WhatsApp group, you can actually put a, a different tone for different groups as well. So uh, we've got a WhatsApp group set up as a kind of share tree for the uh, Perthshire Hour group. Um, so I'm steadily adding more and more people to it. If you'd like to be part of that WhatsApp group, uh, just drop me a wee message, whichever way you find me, you know, uh, wherever you found the podcast, chances are you, there'll be links near there for you to contact me. Um, on my website, there's a contact page, uh, but or you'll find on Twitter, just private message me. I don't, I've got not got really any privacy settings that should get in the way of that. So you can private message me. Give me a follow first if that makes it easier. I'll follow you back, and you can you can give me a wee private message, and I'll, I'll, uh, I can talk to you about the WhatsApp group and get you set up on there. Uh, same thing goes for Facebook. Um, I use a Creef business page as the primary way for uh, getting things out about Perthshire Hour. So that's Creef business page. I think we're down as Creef Local. So if you're on Facebook, it's maybe slash Creef Local. I think I changed the, the link for that. Um, and you should be able to track us down there. Um, we'll get you added to the WhatsApp group. But also that's a good venue for you to contact me if you uh, would like to be featured in the podcast. If you're a creative, if you're a local group, if you're a local business, uh, give me a wee shout and we can get you added into the, the podcast as well. Um, so as I say, that's uh, that's this week's, um, I'm afraid, uh, pre-recorded podcast. Uh, hopefully it doesn't feel too different to the usual format. 
um, and uh, hopefully be back to normal next week. Uh, but as I say, couldn't really avoid uh, not being here for the live thing uh, on Wednesday. Uh, so I hope it all goes well. Hope everybody uh, gets lots of information out to each other uh, on Wednesday evening. And uh, I'll see you guys all again next week. Uh, but thanks for listening in. Um, and uh, bye for now. <laughs>